You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast today. Brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the best place to interact with sports fans like yourself, podcast hosts like myself and Dan Wilson, and more on today's show. Dan Wilson of Locked On Phillies joins me for a Nationals-Phillies series weekend preview. We also discussed the merits, this got kicked around by a couple of friends of mine, of a Mike Trout for Bryce Harper and uh, Zach Wheeler. So, you know, you think about, oh yeah, do that in a second, but... We kind of discussed, you know, should the Phillies really do that? Would they really actually do that? And the reason we we talked about it is because, you know, Mike Trout's a Philly guy. And so we kind of talked talked about the merits of big trades and big-time trades in baseball and really the the team concept of baseball and whether or not it would actually benefit the Phillies to strip themselves of one of their best pitchers and, you know, one of their best. Obviously, it's an upgrade in the hitting department, but would it be worth it for a team that, that needs more, you know, complete pitching in the long term? Uh, would it be the right move to do? So kind of an interesting thought process. Uh, I think you guys will enjoy that part of the conversation. And then we break down the Phillies and Nat series coming up this weekend. So I think you guys will have a lot of fun listening today. All right, fired up to do this. It is Josh Neighbors and Dan Wilson is the meeting of the minds. Locked on Phillies, locked on Nationals. Dan Wilson of Locked on Phillies. I am Josh Neighbors. Locked on Nationals, we join forces very often, especially when these two clubs glide as they are this weekend. Nats, Phillies, three games in the city of brotherly love, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. First of all, Dan, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. It's not very often that I get to cross over with a locked on podcast host that actually has a team that's doing worse than the Phillies. So uh, this this is fun. Well, hey, look, it's not like... Not in much of a position to talk, but, you know, it it makes me feel a little bit better about the state of the Phillies. But uh, these two teams uh, have not been great, and they could use – both of them could use some wins here this weekend. They could. Actually, first thing I want to mention to you is uh, I was talking with some friends, and somebody was bringing up, you know, uh, Mike Trout being a Jersey kid. Hey, if if the Angels called and said Mike Trout for Bryce Harper and Zach Wheeler, would you say yes? It, with like contracts included? Yeah, just say let's just say there's no let's just say there's no salary cap. Uh, let's, no. Yeah, I mean let's yeah let's just say it's fine. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably do it. Mike Trout's that good. They're they're both so so here short term. I don't know the Phillies pitching gets really really bad at that point, but for the long term game of having Mike Trout, I I well, said I'm not no. sold. You said you would not do it. You would. Hold I would on not price. do it because so I. I think I think Mike Trout is on his own level, and it's quite possible that a few years from now you could look back on a deal like that and say Zach Wheeler, while he was like the ace of the staff at the time, it's worth the next decade of Mike Trout over the next decade of Bryce Harper. So what I said was this: is that I don't think the gap, because I mean we know that Mike Trout is better than Bryce Harper. Yes, I don't think the gap is big enough to justify losing Zach Wheeler because the Phillies pitching is not good enough. Like you and I talked about it. Their offense is good enough to the point where, look, the whole, the whole thing this team needs is, you know, if, if this group had consistent 
good pitching one through four, and I ain't saying one through five, one through four, you know, the, the conversation about their ceiling is such a different one, right. Than, than uh, the, it currently is. So that's why I would say, because because you think Zach Wheeler's been, I mean, you look at the starts he's made. I think he's what it's 22 starts. He's made for the Phillies, you know, 2.94 ERA last year, 2.54 this season. To me, it just like Bryce Harper, I mean, you know, Mike Trout's such a, he's the best player we've ever seen. Right. But the problem is that as great as he is and as good as their offense is at times, that team, <laughs> team is not good enough at pitching. There's not good enough. At pitching. So it's funny because that's what I anticipated coming into the season. And th- through the first two months of the season, it's actually played the other way. Like the top, the pitching, I remember we did a podcast ranking the starting staffs in the national league East and the Philly starting staff. While there's been, I'd say Aaron Nola has been overall disappointing by Aaron Nola standards, like between him, Eflin, and even Vince Velasquez recently, he had a bad start uh, his, his last time out, but for the most part, and just Zach Wheeler being a stud, the starting pitching one through four may actually be the best attribute on this team right now. The offense has been wildly disappointing. They scored runs at a much higher rate last year than they are so far this year. They scored 17 runs the other night in Cincinnati, bad example, but most nights they're coming out feels like they're scoring two, three runs. They're well in the bottom half of bottom third of baseball in terms of runs scored. The offense has been wildly disappointing for me. Now this is with Bryce Harper on the injured list right now. And we're talking about right. Mike Trout on the injured list long-term. And I, I think that would have been no, look, I've loved having Bryce Harper here in Philly. I think if you have a chance like that to get Mike Trout over the long term, we know it doesn't equate to winning necessarily because he's been on the Angels right. for years. But having Bryce Harper and Zach Wheeler, even at full strength, I don't get the sense equates to winning. So it's really a testament to the overall Phillies organization that I'm not sure they get. If you had a healthy Bryce Harper, a healthy Zach Wheeler from now until the end of the season, or you just got a healthy Mike Trout, I don't know they make the playoffs in either scenario, but I'm thinking more years down the line than say this season. If I was able to let this season play out yeah you're right the Phillies I mean look I'm not saying it's obvious one way or another they would be in desperate need of pitching help and that's kind of my biggest concern with this Phillies team here in June is if one of these starters goes down I don't even know where they turn that's what I'm saying is if you take out Zach Wheeler and now it's Aaron Nola to Zach Eflin Mike Trout's on his own level I get it but but, MLB now MLB now ranks MLB now ranked the top players in baseball this past offseason. I thought it was actually a pretty good list. And it had Bryce Harper right around the 20 mark. And it had, you know, Mike Trout's one. So I, mm-hmm. I, I think Mike Trout well, is even a few levels above Bryce Harper, if you want my honest opinion. Yeah, Bryce sure. Harper's good, the but, best but, player in the lineup. But does it, my, you know, the big does it is, make up it, for losing Zach Wheeler? Long term? Yes. Long, long term, yes. If this trade, if you told me, hey, you can make this trade for the rest of the season, I would say no. Yeah, because here's things. I don't know if on a year and a year out basis, like really makes you know. Just I'm not sure if it does. Well, because well, the thing is, is that I guess Mike Trout is the case for baseball being a sport where, like the ultimate the, team game. It's just yeah, I guess it's the ultimate team game. You know, I always I always posit that that um, basketball is the ultimate team meets individual. Right, you know, it's a sport where uh, especially in 20, playoff series, yeah. right? The 2011 Mavericks are a team of guys like Jason Terry and Brian Cardinal and Deshaun Stevenson and Dirk Karan Butler 
that beat a team with Bosch, Wade, and LeBron. And then there's sometimes we have the Warriors where it's like, yeah, you ain't beating Curry, Clay, and, and Kevin. Well, Durant. that sorry, that, sorry. That, the first they're a good as that, team, but still, but like, well, you I was gonna say that the first year that Heat team, they were still figuring it out, and they did go on to win. Sure, but but even but even that. but even the Spurs beat them, right? And the Spurs should have did in the twice. final year. They the did. Spurs should have beat them twice, to be honest. And that Spurs team had a guy, you guys like Duncan, who was old as hell, and Tony Parker and Ginobili, right? Boris Diaw was their LeBron stopper. So the whole point is, is that. You know, that's the ultimate team and, and uh, you know, team Meets individual, s- as you said, slash individual football is a sport now that's a lot of team. Um, you know, we saw last last year in the in the, uh, you know, the Super Bowl that it looked a guy like Patrick Mahomes can only do so, so much, but also they're losing the, losing the starters. So still, that's that's a sport where, you know, in baseball, I mean, there's an argument to be had. What is the most important position? Right. In football, we know it's a quarterback. So there is a defined most important position. In baseball, it's one of those sports where, look, you know, Could be no... a pitch. it depends on the team. I'll give you one more point in my favor before we kind of move off this. Yeah, is, yeah, sure. I thought it was an interesting thought exercise. It, it, it was. One more point in my favor that I've started to become concerned with Bryce Harper's long-term health. Like we're in year three of this contract and he's already having back problems and headed to the IL and needed time off multiple times here this season. I am very concerned at what Bryce Harper is going to look like at the end of this contract. And that's not to say that Mike Trout will or won't age more or less gracefully. But if you told me like, who would I rather in a Phillies uniform for the next 10 years, Mike Trout or Bryce Harper, I think the, I think it's easily Mike Trout. And then look, Zach Wheeler is good. He's pitching very well right now. I would not be surprised if two years from now, three years from now, you're saying, okay, we gave up on the tail end of Zach Wheeler's prime to finally get the best player in baseball. He's only 31. And, and, he's only he's, 31. I know he's only 31. I, I understand he's only 31. Mike Trout is the best player in baseball year in and year out. We're still waiting for that MVP season from Bryce Harper in Philly. Yeah, in Philadelphia, was saying, you got one in D.C. You got, um, well, you got one in D.C. But it was right, and five, I, I bet there's some ago. people. It has been a while. People. Look, this isn't a knock on Bryce, but like it's been a while since he's been at the Trout level. I, I, I bet there are some people out there who are hearing this and like, you are crazy for not trading for the best player in baseball. But once again, I'd ask them to say, hey, it, look, this is the kind okay, so back to your game. basketball point. This is the type of trade that in basketball you always make. You always get this, like the superstar of superstars. Yes, you always make it, right? right. Yes. You, you always make the trade to get this. Yep. In baseball, it's more of a thought process. I think I would still do it. But you're right. I don't think it makes them better, say, this year. Zach Wheeler's probably going to, it's, I think is destined to be at least the Phillies all-star because every team needs one. So I think he's definitely going to be an all-star from that sense. So I don't know. You might think I'm crazy for trading away an all-star pitcher who you mentioned is 31 years old and the face of the current Phillies franchise. I really wanted Mike Trout. I think he's incredible on his own level. And that's not to knock how good a guy like Ronald Acuna, Fernando Tatis, or Juan Soto, whoever else is, you know, whoever else you think is in that conversation. Yeah, no, he's think, the best. He's, he's, I just he's, think Mike Trout is the best and consistently the best in a sport like baseball, where in basketball, we, we sit here year in, year out. All right, LeBron James is the best player in the game. Like there's not as much variance. Baseball, this guy had a down year. This guy had a down half. This guy is the best player. No, now this guy's the best player. Mike Trout's always at the top. Bryce Harper fluctuates in there a lot. And we have him for 10 years and I'm, for 10 more years after the season. And I'm overall concerned about the future of this Phillies franchise, because I think they signed him for a long time and agreed to sign him for a long time with the hope that the front end of this contract would be the one where the team was actually productive. And we're not seeing that right now. And that's not to say Mike Trout would solve that, but I'm overall, I'm 
have a growing list of concerns about the Bryce Harper contract, partially due to Bryce and partially due to the length of the contract, but also partially because of where the team's at. Quick pause for the cause on today's show. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag. You guys know the deal. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Baseball is in full swing, and you can track all the action at betonline.ag. Get all the news, odds, and info you need, including MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, boxing, all those things. For the next pitch, head over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and check out all their great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. When you go there today, make an account. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On for a 50% deposit bonus. So if you deposit $100, bucks, we will give you an extra 50 to play with today at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Today's show is also brought to you by Sports Trade, guys. Sports Trade is a very unique site, a very unique place it's kind of the combination of fantasy sports and stocks. Making money at Sports Trade is very simple. You buy and sell the stocks of players based off of two things values rising and falling due to their statistical output and supply and demand. The more uh, demand a player has, the higher their value goes. You can buy and sell as many shares as you would like. Go today to sportstrade.com and discover the fun, the excitement, and the new profitability of sports trading. It's a lot of fun. It truly is the evolution of fantasy sports. I really think you'll be amazed. Don't sit in the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action at sportstrade.com. Yeah, long, long-term long contracts in baseball tend to not work out. The Nats are dealing with that right now. And but if you, but if, like, if you want at the beginning, I mean, if you want, but at least the Nationals got a World Series with Strasburg on the roster. Yeah, they signed him afterwards, though. So I know, I know, I know. Right, right, right. It, well, the Phillies yeah. did that with Ryan Howard, too. But if you... Okay, you're right. Bad example. It would be better if they signed him. If you signed a guy, got a World Series at the front end of the actual contract, right. not signed him in response to the World Series, and you got a few titles early, and then after the fact, they kind of went on a demise. Like I, I always say, people freaked out at how the Eagles kind of fell off after they won the Super Bowl. Well, they made a number of moves to go all in and fast forward the rebuild in 2017 that helped them win the Super Bowl, despite the fact that Carson Wentz went down. And they paid for it later, but like you did get it at the first, like you knew that was part of the risk. Right. So it, it paid off. You knew that was part of the risk with Bryce Harper. And you knew that was part of the risk with JT Realmuto. And this team is in no position to contend for a world series, let alone the postseason. Yeah. It's, you know, it kind of brings us to the point of uh, talking about these teams, three games this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 705, 405, 105. I love that. The, the, the time windows just uh, go down. moving three hours up. Which, which I think you and I love because for us, it allows us to record after the games are over a little bit easier than, than maybe, you know, some, I mean, seven, I'm not saying seven, 10 games are horrible, but if they go a little, they can go long sometimes that puts you in a bad spot. And Hey, modern day baseball. Some of East Coasters like, like going to bed. Uh, we've got Scherzer versus, uh, versus Wheeler. We've got Ross and Eflin. And then we've got question mark versus Vince Velasquez. So, uh, both these teams right now are obviously trailing the pack when it comes to the National League East right now. The Phillies, a little bit less so compared to the Nationals. The Phillies are 26 and 29, four and a half games out as it sits right now of the New York Mets. The Washington Nationals are 23 and 30, six and a half games back of the Mets. The Phillies are four and six in their last 10. The Nationals are three and seven in the last 10. So not two teams playing their best baseball right now. 
Uh, I would say, I would say this, it's a pretty important series for the nationals because um, I said that during this, this road, road trip they're on right now, and they had four at Atlanta, they have three at Philadelphia, two at, two at Tampa, and then they have two, uh, four at home rather with San Francisco. And when you're at six and a half back, Dan, you're not out of it, obviously, but Look, if you go three and nine in a nine-game road stretch against those teams, and look, Philly's good at home, the Braves have the, the Nats number, and Tampa's very good, and the four of the Giants. Ten, I mean, if nine, ten games back, I know it's June, but you got to climb yourself out of that hole, and then you have to play just as good as the teams are ahead of you, right? So the Nats keep up, to literally just to keep up, right? To keep up, so you so you dig yourself out and then keep up. Um, they split with Atlanta, which is really good. They need to see if they can. I mean, one here, okay, I'm I'm fine. They can squeeze out two. The problem is they've got no effing clue who's pitching for them on Sunday. Eric Fetty was supposed to come back. His rehab starts tonight. They wanted him to make it and then you know probably throw 40 pitches or so and then see if he could go on Sunday. His rehab start got rained out. So uh, very unfortunate. The Nats are in a tough spot. Look, so here's a cliche that. I'm almost getting sick of saying, but it's true. So we're two months and a day or two or now three into the season. You can't win a division. You can't make a postseason in the first two months of the season, but you can certainly play yourself out of a spot right. in the first two months of the season. And the Phillies and Nationals have both been heading in the direction that looks like they're trying to play themselves out of it. Not only do you, you're right. It's like digging yourself out of the hole, looking at this Philly schedule doesn't really you know, they have the Nationals here, which is another prime opportunity at home where we all know they're significantly better. Then you play the Braves, then you play the Yankees, then you play the Dodgers, then Gabe Kapler's Giants, who are in first place or among the leaders in Major League Baseball. And then you play the Mets at the end of the season and then you play or the, at the end of the month and then the Marlins at the end of the month who they can't beat. Like, that's a horrendous, like a very bad schedule for the Phillies all packed into one. It feels like the type of month where I would have preferred, obviously you would have preferred it, but it feels like they needed in April and May to be a lot stronger and not four and a half games out, but maybe a game or two out. And this is June's the type of month where you just hope you can tread water, go 500 and come out alive. Instead, the Phillies are in like, as you mentioned, digging themselves out of the whole mode. That's not the type of schedule that plays favorably to that. And I know that I've already mentioned a few of the issues with the Phillies so far this season the lack of offense, the bullpen's better than last year. It's still not great. The lack of overall depth, they've mismanaged the injured list. The defense is atrocious. I complain every day about Joe Girardi. Like it's just one thing after another, after another of uh, to the point where you say, I don't even really know what this team does well. And here's a prime series against currently the bottom feeders in the national league East, but they're closer to last place with the nationals. If they were to get swept by the nationals, the Nats would pass them. So it's, you're closer to last place than you are to first. And for a team that is all in on a contract like Bryce Harper, that's all in on a contract like JT Romuto. Has Zach Wheeler pitching at 31? Has Aaron Nola, who I think has taken a step back this year, but is not, is currently in his prime. You have Andrew McCutcheon playing the outfit. Like all these guys, theoretically in their primes, this isn't a developmental team. This isn't a team that's supposed to peak a year or two from now. Like this is the now. You can't sit here at the end of July and be like, all right, we're going to press rewind and hit the rebuild button here. Like you're not positioned to do that. And it's concerning where they are 
through April and May, looking ahead to the schedule in June. That's why this series in Washington is like just, or not in Washington, but against the Nationals is so, so big. Like you can't emphasize how important these games are just because of what they have coming up. Yeah, both these teams are trying to make some moves, right? I mean, generate some momentum, play, play some good baseball. That's what they're trying to do at this point because, you know, like you said, that they're they're heading kind of in weird directions. And I think they look up ahead and they see the Mets, who it's like, oh, the Syracuse Mets are winning, are winning, you know, they've won three or four, right? They're playing well. And it's frustrating. Yeah, yeah, the thinking, the Phillies know, don't have blue chip uh, prospects coming through the farm system here. Like, this is the team. Well, yeah, no, and what I'm saying is, I mean, that's not, that's not, the Mets aren't playing with great players either. I mean, you know, Billy McKinney had traded, you the, know, the entire team. Cameron Maven hurt. was playing for them. Yeah, Cameron the, Maven didn't get a the injured, the injured list Mets, I saw someone call me. Yeah, I mean, the injury list, I mean, they're the Syracuse Mets, injury list Mets. I mean, they were playing, you know, these are some bare bones rosters. I mean, there were some days where Dominic Smith, JD, um, Dominic Smith, uh, um, McCann, and Lindor were the only three guys in the lineup. From actually, you know, the major leagues, it was you know Patrick Mazika was playing first, and but to Jose my point, Peraza like the, and... these aren't names that you're hanging your hat on, but they're still in first place despite Texas. exactly and that's the, the absolute is... the absolute depth of the the organization. And here's the, the thing: Phillies is, don't have that. Th- think about think about what happens when the actual Mets come back. Is what I'm saying. One more quick pause in the action on today's show. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Bilt Bar has nine flavors going right now. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. There really is something for everybody with 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, four grams of sugar as well, and only four four grams of net carbs. It is a great option. Pre-workout, post-workout, dessert, whatever it is you want it for. Go to BiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Oh, right, so they're primed to be in first place. Right, so this is It's not like Lindor has been the one leading the charge here either. Right, you can't, sl- you can't let them get away from you right now. Letting them get away from you is going to put you in a horrible, horrible position moving forward. So that's why this is, this is a really important series for both these teams. I mean, they have not been playing well. Um and that is why it's important. And look, you know, the, the Phillies and Nats are both, you and I talked so much being a year about how similar these two teams were. They wanted to be good. They had big contracts. I mean, if the Nats side of it, Corbin's on a big deal. Strasburg's obviously on a big deal. Soto and Turner are going to be in line for very large deals. These teams are attached to some big deals and the results are nowhere near what the expectations were. Now, it's not saying there's no time to turn it around, but, um, you know, th- what can happen is oftentimes we get one team takes two, one team takes, you know, one game, uh, and it's not very convincing, right? Last series, it took, it took the Phillies you know, to come behind to win one of them. You know, so, I mean, it wasn't a very con- convincing, fun series last time around. Uh, I- I'm looking for one of these two teams to kind of make some kind of a statement here, is what I'm saying. You know what you're almost reminding me of here, and I'd have to pull up the exact numbers and the contracts and the timeline to refine myself, A, to remind myself of where the Phillies were about 10 years ago, and B, to kind of brush up more on where the current Nationals, the current Nationals timeline since they won the World Series. But it almost reminds me of the Phillies at the end of their run of winning the National League East. Now, they had a run longer than the Nationals did. They won the World Series in 2008 and actually kept improving their win total 
And the weirdest thing, and I don't know if people outside of Philadelphia realize this, is with every year from 08 to – they won the NL at least five straight years. They won in 07 on the final day of the season. They lost, They got swept in the first round by Colorado. 08, they won the World Series. 09, they improved their win total. They lost the World Series to Joe Girardi's Yankees. 2010, they improved their win total again, lost to the in the NLCS to the Giants. And then in 2011, they had the best record in baseball, 102 wins, and lost in five to the Cardinals. So every time they got better in the regular season, they got worse in the postseason. And their issue always was that they really tried to capitalize on the primes they had for a little bit too long. Like that entire... They, they signed Howard to a big contract in 2010 that ended up being a disaster by the end because that contract took him through 2016 and they were signing to contract extensions before the first deal was up. And that was a huge contract at the time. Utley kept his way in Philadelphia until 2015. Rollins was keeping his way till I think it was 2014. So you had all these guys, Cole Hamels pitched until 2015. And it was, the, the rest of the team wasn't really there. Now they lost, some pieces around them, you know, Jason Worth obviously went south to Washington and other aspects of the pitching got worse and the team just overall got worse. And they tried to really capitalize on what they had there. And that's always a tough decision to make of, Hey, do we try and capitalize? Like, do we make one more run at this thing right now? Or do we hit the reset button? And they gambled, they went for it. And then it caused them to take a really long winding rebuild, try and get some prospects back for those players. Howard finished his career as a Philly, but they had a lot, a lot of bad contracts that kind of had to wait out at the end of it. And it's like, okay, this is what we paid for, for actually being good for five straight years. The nationals won the world series a couple of years ago, then had a pandemic shortened season where they got up to another slow start. just not enough time to make it up. And now you're sitting here talking kind of the way we used to talk here in Philly about, well, they have all these bad contracts. This is like the post championship hangover. And how do they bounce back from this? Or do we just have to wait it out? Yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, I mean, as we close out here, Dan, what are your expectations for this weekend? What do you, you got any kind of prediction for us? A prediction? I would optimistically like to say that the Phillies win. It's, Zach Wheeler's been great. He, I mentioned that there haven't been many bright spots with this team. And I, I know I said I would trade him and Bryce Harper for Mike Trout, but he, he really has been great. He has been the ace of the staff. Everyone expected it, myself included, to be Aaron Nola. Zach Wheeler has really stepped into that role in the apps, not in the absence of Nola, but in the absence of ace caliber pitching Aaron Nola. They have him, they have Eflin going on Saturday and Velasquez, who's actually been pretty good recently, despite his last start. I'll go optimistic here. And I haven't been optimistic on this podcast for a while, but I'll say they're returning home. They have three pitchers who you feel good about right now against a bad team in Washington. I'll say they find a way to win two or three. I'm going to say they went two or three, two. I think they're good at home. It's kind of what happens. The Nationals are not playing well. Uh, I think two or three is definitely what, I, what I'm thinking about here, especially because the Nationals have no clue who is going to start for them on Sunday. So I think it lends itself to a uh, – Which means the play. Phillies will find a way to score one run against whoever it ends up being. You know, that, that's just kind of how <laughs> I, I would it goes. go with right now. I'd say probably Paulo Espino would be the guy that I think is going to make the start for the, the Nationals. All right, Dan, it was a pleasure talking to you, my friend, as always. Always fun, Josh. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. And as always, until next time, my friends, stay safe.